Welcome to the Harvest Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that it will encourage and inspire you. Enjoy this week's message. Good morning, church. Thank you for being here and thank you for giving me the opportunity to preach again. Um, this will be the first of three sermons from the book of Habakkuk. Let us pray and then we'll read the text together. Our Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to meet again, to come and celebrate your goodness, your faithfulness, and your salvation for us as we open to the book of Habakkuk. Let your Holy Spirit guard us, guide us, speak to our hearts that we may become more like you, love you, and serve you. We thank you and praise you, and as we read, Speak to our hearts, dear Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. If you have your Bible, you might want to turn to it, but if you don't have, it will be on the screen. This is Habakkuk chapter 1, reading from verse 1. The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received, How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Or cried out to you, violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the Lord, sorry, therefore, the law is paralyzed. And justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Verse 6 now. I am raising up the Babylonians that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize the dwellings, not their own. They are a feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves and promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle, swooping to devour. Verse 9, they all come intent on violence. Their hordes at once like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at all fortified cities by burning earthen rams they capture them. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on. Guilty people whose own strength is their God. Let me now then introduce our book and our text as we move on. Habakkuk is grouped together with 11 other prophetic books in the Old Testament. 
under the category of minor prophets. From Joel to Malachi. This does not mean that minor prophets are less important when compared to the major prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah. They are mirrored in terms of their shortness of their books. But the minor prophetic books have a major message to proclaim and for us to hear. Generally, the prophetic books involve God appointing a prophet to speak to his people. But in the case of Habakkuk, it is the prophet asking questions and wanting to hear God and how God would respond. In this instance, he may be speaking on behalf of the people of God. The name Habakkuk means to embrace, perhaps indicating his love for the Lord as shown in his bold interactions with him. We now look at our main title for this session, God Knows All Things. Let us be reminded, God knows all things. And then verses 1 to 4, Habakkuk's first complaint, Why do you allow iniquities to go on? I want to read verses 1 to 4 yet again to remind us. The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received, How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Or cried out to you, violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore the law is paralyzed. Justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. To begin with, Habakkuk has great concern and therefore was disturbed in himself and his people. He is perplexed, confused. He seeks justice and violence, but he sees wickedness everywhere. In Jerusalem, at the time of King Jehoiakim. Yet, yet, it seems that God is absent, or if he is around, he does not seem to know and care. Wow. Hence, Habakkuk cried out in verses 2 to 4, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cried out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Then you have the next one. Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Again, he mentioned destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds, keep multiplying. Therefore, the law is paralyzed, nothing we can do, and justice therefore never prevails. Again, to remind himself and God, he says, the wicked, the wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. 
it looks like wickedness is winning over righteousness and holiness. I want to return now to our homeland. Our country is no better. Our country is no better. Some of us might recall in 2017, in the year 2017, a Malaysian lawyer had questioned whether the poor and needy have access to justice when accused persons who are unrepresented are penalized with very heavy sentences. For example, lawyer Chan Yen Hui said it appeared that the magistrates are insensitive to the plight of suspected criminals who were not given the opportunity to get a lawyer to mitigate their case or cases. For example, the first example, she said that in response to the sentencing of Muhammad Am, Ammi, sorry, Muhammad Asmi, Muhammad A, to 14 days jail. Why? Because he stole four jars of Nutella chocolate spray. Furthermore, either 14 days jail or a fine of $500 and three months jail for a $111.96. He was going to be put in prison. This example is one among many. Now compare him with our Prime Minister Najib, who was in office from 2009 to 2018. He was sentenced to 12 years in prison for abuse of power and 10 years in jail for each of six counts of money laundering and breach of trust. The sentences were to run concurrently and will be suspended pending appeal. It looks like he succeeded. To get away from prison, but let us also not forget the high-profile case surrounding the murder of the Mongolian lady Altantunya. Yet for all the above, he is not jailed. As in verses 4 to 5, when the law and justice are crumbled, the nation disintegrates or breaks up into pieces. When evil triumphs over the righteousness and justice is corrupted and perverted or twisted. Let me read again. When evil triumphs over righteousness, justice is corrupted and perverted or twisted. There is no longer any rule of law. The second example is Pastor Raymond Coe, who is the founder of a non-profit organization called the Harapan Community, which aids to help 
down on their luck people, regardless of their background. It is also one of the partners of Malaysian AIDS Council. So they help people living with HIV and AIDS as well. While it is hard to see what's wrong with that, yet in the year 2011, Zayas, the Islamic department, accused them of proselytizing the Christian faith to Muslim. Tars began a series of death threats, hit blocks, B-L-O-G-S, through the computer, and even a bullet was sent in the mail for the pastor, that is, Pastor Ko. And Pastor Ko has mysteriously disappeared about 10 years now. There was no call for an investigation at all by the authorities. And then people like Pastor Joshua Hilmi and his wife, Emery Chetmat, had also gone missing. Similarly, we, the church, cried out, How long, Lord? Must we call for help, but you do not listen? Or cried out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make us look at injustice? Why do you tolerate or allow wrongdoing? We can ask sincerely, but certainly we should pray earnestly. Paul reminds us that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but in the spiritual realms. Paul also reminds us that we should pray for those in authorities with thanksgiving so that we may live a quiet life and peaceful lives in godliness and holiness. The question remains to be asked is, how often does the church meet together to pray for Malaysia? It is God who invites us, and this is interesting, it is God who invites us to pray and be blessed. Now we come to the first response from the Lord. Chapter 1, verses 5 to 11. I will judge iniquities, says the Lord. Let me read verse 5 again. Look at the nation and watch, and be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. This is God speaking again. I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are a feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves and promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like eagle, swooping to devour, and they all intent on violence. They are holds at once like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at all fortified cities and by building earthen ramps, they capture them. 
Then they sweep past the wind and go on. Guilty people whose own strength is their God. Now, the Lord said to Habakkuk, You would not believe what I have started to do. What? Using the Babylonians to punish Judah? Oh no! Who are the Babylonians? One, they were the ruthless people and impetuous people in verses 6 to 7. Two, their horses are faster than cheetahs and fiercer than wolves. Verse 8a. And then, three, their charioteers breathe fast like eagles that swoop down to destroy their prey. And their aim, number four, is violence and sweep the captives like the desert wind, sweeping and moving the sand. Verse 9. Then number five and then six. Kings and princes and their fortresses are likened to sand being blown away. Therefore, there is no stability, foundation or security. Six, they are deeply guilty because their strength and their strength, they think that that is their God. Now, be it personal or national, God does care. God's silence does not mean that he is absence. That, sorry, God's silence does not mean his absence. Habakkuk was assured by God that he was already at work in ways Habakkuk neither sees nor knows. Again, nothing catches God by surprise. Why? Because he is God. He is sovereign and is in charge of the whole world and universe. He is a creator. His concern for us has been demonstrated by the gift of his only son, Jesus Christ, who died to save us from our sin and even offer us life now until eternity and beyond eternity. He, lives to, he, he dies to save us life now and forevermore. God is neither deaf nor blind to the prejudices, criticisms, threats against the cross of Christ and the church of Christ in Malaysia. Though hard and tough, let us find comfort in our God, who has already, as I mentioned, given us Jesus Christ for us. Yet our God is faithful. He knows the enemies of his church, and he will not let them alone as well. Perhaps God may be warning us to be alert in our Christian living and witnessing to a needy society around us to shape up and focus on Christ, the Lord, and the cross. Dear friends, whatever it may be, God is in control. God is in control.
Let me summarize and conclude. Violence, justice, wrongdoing, destruction, strife, conflicts are common in many countries as well, even in the so-called advanced nations. But when the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails, we can be sure that trouble is on the way. But God is fully aware and concerned for those who bear his name and suffer on his behalf. He assures us that he is involved and will bring about good that we have yet to know. The church on earth is his precious bright to be. We are precious to God and to Christ and he is waiting to take us with him. We can play a great part and rise up to pray. God also declares that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And certainly, it would include peace, prosperity, and of course, praise to our God. Church, we need to hear again that our God is still in control of all affairs of nations and his people. With our God, there is hope when we realize yet again that this is God whom we worship, is a good God, gracious God, and worthy to be trusted and worshiped at all times. Amen. There is a song, and I'm quite sure some of us may be familiar with this. God is still on the throne, and He will remember His own. Though trials may press us and burdens distress us, He never will leave us alone. God is still on the throne, and He will remember His own. His promise is true. He will not forget you. God is still on the throne. Let us pray together. Yes, Lord. We still echo our prayers by declaring that you are our God who is still on the throne. And I want to repeat the song and let us hear it, take it in yet again. God is still on the throne. Our God is still on the throne and he will remember his own. Though trials may press us and burdens distress us, he will never leave us alone. God is still on the throne and he will remember his own. His promise is true. He will not forget you and me. God is still on the throne. And I would say, Amen. Amen.